for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. You're with Misty Winston on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, hey there, and welcome to the Misty Winston Show right here on today's News Talk. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to hang out with me today. Uh, we have an amazing show. My friend, my sister, Steph Zamorano, is going to be here. She's hilarious. Um, uh, she's a producer for the Jimmy Doerr Show. Um, she's fantastic. I love her. Uh, so it's going to be a great show. Uh, we'll be bringing her in momentarily. A couple quick things to get through here at the top of the show. First of all, obviously, um, you just heard the um, little bit there for the TNT shop. Go get you some swag. It's good stuff. Um, I am a big fan of the shirts. I I have a little bit of a shirt addiction, a t-shirt addiction. It's bad. It's not a little bit. It's a lot of bit of a shirt addiction, uh, if I'm being honest with you. So um, I have several TNT shirts. I have a long sleeve. I have a short sleeve. Um, I have a hoodie. I have a tank top for the gym. I have all the shirts. <laughs> so, uh, But the shirts are great. There's coasters. There's coffee mugs. There's all the things. There's even stuff for your pets. So head over there, get you some stuff uh, so that you can uh, help us spread the word here uh, at today's news talk. You can uh, wear our stuff around and bring new eyes to uh, TNT. Um, also, I wanted to just quickly remind you again about the Julian Assange situation. Um, um, I'm going to keep talking about this probably fairly often. Um, it's a big deal. Uh, something I'm very passionate about, obviously, if you know me. So um, we're doing another phone call initiative. Again, y'all, I have, I'm have i under no delusion that I think a bunch of phone calls are going to save Julian Assange, right? That's not uh, what I think. But I, what I do think is that we should use all of the tools at our disposal. And one of those is to make a bunch of phone calls to our elected representatives. And it's super easy, right? I mean, it takes like a minute, maybe two, almost always you get a uh, answering service. You don't even speak to a human being. So it's a very quick and easy way um, uh, to put some pressure on the United States government. Um, so just to give you a, a quick update of what we're talking about here, uh, the phone calls is uh, to gain um, co-sponsors and support for House Resolution 934. So I'm just going to read here from an article from Dave DeCamp because it's so much easier than me trying to explain it myself. Uh, so this is from antiwar.com. A resolution introduced in the House last month calls for the U.S. to drop the charges against WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange, who faces up to 175 years in prison if extradited to the U.S. and convicted for journalism that exposed U.S. war crimes. The bill, introduced by Representative Paul Gosar, who's a Republican from Arizona, expresses, quote, the sense of the House of Representatives that regular journalistic activities, including the obtainment and publication of information are protected under the First Amendment and that the federal government should drop all, all charges against um, and attempts to extradite Julian Assange, end quote. Uh, Assange, who's been held in London's Belmarsh prison since 2019, has a hearing scheduled at the UK High Court on February 20th and 21st to appeal his extradition to the US, which is likely his final chance. Ahead of the hearing, WikiLeaks and Assange supporters are asking Americans to contact their House representatives and urge them to support Gosar's resolution. Uh, in, he includes in his article um, a link where you can click to just go and find your representatives that way, or you can call the House switchboard operator operator at 202-224-3121. Again, 202-224-3121. Um, and tell them to support House Resolution 934 to protect the First Amendment and press freedom. And shout out to Dave DeCamp. Um, he does a fantastic job. Anytime that there is something that comes up in the Assange case, we can always count on Dave to cover it. Um, he's fantastic. The whole crew over at antiwar.com does a great job. Um, in fact, Dave was one of our featured speakers um, at a, uh, one of our events, the big one that we held in October um, of, not last year, the year before. Um, that was probably our biggest 
event here in the States yet. And that was fantastic. Dave was one of our featured speakers, but um, he's, he's great on this issue. He is always calling attention to it. Um, it is, uh, this is a big deal. I, I'm, that's why I'm going to keep talking about it. The uh, court dates that are taking place in February on the 20th and 21st, which by the way, that's in London at the high court. If you are anywhere near that area, request your days off of work now and get your butts outside that court. Uh, we need as many people as humanly possible. If I could go myself, I would be there. Um, uh, we need as many bodies there as humanly possible to send a message. We, I mean, this is really, this is go time, go time, go time. Last chance, as Dave mentions in the article, uh, almost certainly this will be the last chance that he can uh, potentially avoid extradition. I have my theories on whether or not they actually want to extradite here. I think they're Gonna, I think they're going to try to drag this out uh, longer. I think they may approve the appeal and then drag that out for as long as they can. I, I certainly don't think they want to bring him here during an election year. That's my personal opinion. Uh, but I I'll, could also be very wrong. Uh, they very clearly don't care much about what we think um, about how this uh, appears optically. About They don't care. Um, so I could certainly be wrong. But um, regardless, I think that, as I've said the entire time, the only thing that stops this is mass public pressure. So we need people um, out in the streets in London. We need, there's obviously going to be um, uh, corresponding events taking place around the globe. Again, as I always recommend, follow Candles for Assange. It's the number four. Um, I think she's on Facebook. My friend Alex Hills runs that page. Uh, I think they're on Facebook. They're uh, certainly on Twitter. Um, and she does a great job. She collects all of the global events and then she uh, publishes them or tweets them out from one central location. So it makes it a little bit easier for everybody to find. Um, if you cannot find an event near you, be an event near you. We're happy to help you get set up and started with whatever you need. Um, you can contact myself or really any Assange supporter. I think uh, almost all of them are very receptive and open to new people and are willing to help out however we can. So um, we just need as much noise as humanly possible. Um, and we have about a month and a couple of weeks here uh, to make an impact. So um, however you can help, whether it's making phone calls, sending emails, hanging flyers, organizing events, Whatever it is, uh, we just need as much help as possible. So, um, okay, don't forget you can follow me over on the tweeters at Sarcasm Stardust. Check out the Substack, mistywinston.substack.com. There's a write-up for the guests of the day every day, so you can find, follow, and support their work as well. And if you would like, you can shoot me an email at mistywinston at tntradio.live. Um, if you have a guest idea, show idea, you want to rant about something, you have a question, whatever it is, hit me up. I'll try to get back to you. And while you're doing all the following and subscribing and all that stuff, uh, why not give TNT a follow as well? We're on all the major social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. So you can help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. It's the stuff. It's that division people are talking about. And that cluelessness that they want to push. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The foolishness, absolutely. Lots of foolishness these days. All right. On Wednesday, the National Labor Relations Board, NLRB, uh, filed a complaint accusing SpaceX, we got to talk about Elon Musk at some point, right, uh, of illegally firing several employees who penned an open letter critical of the astronautics company's CEO, Elon Musk. Here with the story joining me now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. All right, Adam, what's Elon up to this time? Give me some credit, Misty. I waited four whole days into the new year before we reported about Elon Musk. I thought I was doing good. I guess I should have made it. Uh, I, yeah, just kidding. But yeah, uh, uh, frequent viewers, listeners of this show uh, do probably realize by now we wind up talking about Elon Musk almost weekly. Um Yep, 2024 is going to be more of the same is my guess. Uh, this is a formal complaint uh, which claims that SpaceX uh, fired eight former employees uh, 
They circulated an open letter back in June 2022, which uh, urged the company to distance itself from Musk uh, for lots of interesting reasons. Certainly did not paint Musk in a good light. Um, I'll read some of this letter from back then. Quote, Elon's behavior in the public sphere is a frequent source of distraction and embarrassment for us, particularly in recent weeks. End quote. Uh, I want to remind you this is from June 2022. Uh, moving on here, uh, quote, as our CEO and most prominent spokesperson, Elon is seen as the face of SpaceX. <laughs> Every tweet that Elon sends is a de facto public statement by the company. It is critical to make clear to our teams and to our potential talent pool that his messaging does not reflect our work, our mission or our values. Publicly address and condemn Elon's harmful Twitter behavior. SpaceX must swiftly and explicitly separate itself from Elon's personal brand, end quote. The letter further claimed that the company's policies were inconsistently enforced and demanded that leadership be held, quote unquote, equally accountable. The employees reportedly shared the letter on an Internet Microsoft Teams channel with over 2,600 other SpaceX workers and encouraged colleagues to sign it publicly or anonymously. Following the letter's release, several employees were fired. According to the NLRB, the company, quote, impl impliedly, impl uh, implicit, implicitly or impliedly, I don't know if that's a word, sorry guys, uh, quote, invited employees to quit if they wished to engage in protected concerted activities and, okay, quote, impliedly, threatened employees with discharge if they continued discussion of the issues contained in the open letter, end quote. I guess it means what I thought it meant. All right. According to one former worker, Deborah Lawrence, uh, SpaceX has a, quote, toxic culture, end quote. Uh, this is according to a report from the New York Post. Uh, so Deborah Lawrence says uh, this toxic culture uh, includes harassment, um, especially against women, and that it's tolerated. Thanks to this, quote, toxic culture, end quote, the NLRB accused SpaceX of, quote, interfering with restraining and coercing employees in the exercise of the rights guaranteed, end quote, under the federal labor law. The agency is seeking to require the company to conduct training for its management team and write letters of apology to the fired employees. Sorry, we fired you. Uh, SpaceX could also face harsher penalties, such as being required to provide the fired employees with back pay. Hey, now we're talking. The NLRB is encouraging the parties to reach a settlement before a hearing that is slated for March, and SpaceX must respond to the formal complaint by January 17th. According to the New York Post, when they asked SpaceX for comment, they did not receive one, Misty. But uh, speaking of comment, what do you have to say about this? I mean, not surprising, right? There's been um, a chatter about Elon and his uh, quote unquote toxic work environment for a long time. And I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, to me, I feel like that it's so like I almost roll my eyes now when I hear that because I feel like it's so unbelievably overused. And I feel like people um, <laughs> right now, everybody's offended by everything. Everything is toxic. We have, you know, the kinds of people who, um, you know, if you look at them wrong, suddenly 
suddenly you're a bigot or you're racist, right? We have that whole thing that's happening right now. So I, it's hard for me to um, uh, really take those kinds of claims very seriously, which is sad because listen, there are absolutely toxic work environments out there. They exist, but it's just because people are so overly sensitive these days, it's difficult for me to, um, you know, take any, I take all of that with a grain of salt. However, we do know that this guy uh, has, uh, has, this is not the first time he's fired people for criticizing him. He's done it before. He censors his critics on Twitter. He's done that before. Um, so, I mean, again, Elon Musk, the idea that he is some free speech absolutist is going to save, you know, all of our ability to speak is just absurd. And this is just another example of that. Um, I mean, this is a guy who took over Twitter and then immediately limited your reach, um, all of us. And it, now it's, what is it? Um, uh, free speech, not reach or whatever. So if you say something that he deems to be bad, then you aren't, he'll just limit your ability to be seen. Um, he made people pay for basic features uh, or to even be seen. Um, he, uh, there, he's banned critics um, and even more at government request. Um, uh, he is now doing the whole um, Israel thing where he wants to uh, ban or target certain words like from the river to the sea or decolonize, which is bizarre. Um, he, so it's this is not it's not new, right? We talk about Elon Musk on a regular basis. He has been doing these kinds of things for a very long time. I think that um, I just don't know. I don't know how. I don't know if there's ever going to be any kind of accountability on these types of things. He's Elon Musk. I don't think he cares. If you want to slap him with a fine, he'll pay it. He doesn't say. And I think he even did an interview recently where he talked about, um, because I think that a lot of people were frustrated with him from his various companies, that he just says stuff online and doesn't pay any mind whatsoever to the consequences that that might have for um, the various companies and all of that stuff. And he has said, I would rather um, uh, I would rather just speak my mind than to have to watch what I say. And I, listen, that's something I, I actually admire the fact that he isn't worried about speaking his mind and isn't worried about the things that he may say on Twitter being used against him or being held against him in terms of, um, you know, people buying his products and things like that. I think he should just worry about, you know, the tires falling off of Tesla's for a while, maybe not tweet so much. But what do you think, Adam? I mean, uh, uh, here we are again talking about old Elon Musk. I, I think he's uh, a lot smarter than you give him credit for, actually. Um, he's not smart in the way people think he is. I'll, I'll say that. I think he's more yeah. smart with uh, in the way like Trump is kind of smart. He knows how to work a crowd yeah. and whip people up into a frenzy. And I think that's I, I'm recognizing a, a theme here, a tactic. See, he's being even in this the, the articles that I'm looking at in front of me, all of them, it doesn't even matter what the source is, is all pointing out the fact that Musk, it appears by all appearances that Musk is being targeted by the Biden administration. He's dealing with a bunch of a bunch of stuff, some crap things. And they're all saying, oh, it's Biden's fault. Why are you doing uh, his mother? May came out just last month and said she was furious with President Biden for waging a war against her son. Um, the FCC denied him uh, a pretty nice award. After Biden made some comments, I think Biden said that Elon Musk, quote, is worth being looked at, end quote. So they're politicizing this. The Department mm -hmm. of Justice sued SpaceX in August for refusing to hire refugees and immigrants who were granted asylum. Um, and then, you know, he's got issues with the European Union. So it certainly looks like he's being painted as like, oh, everyone is persecuting me. Oh, poor mm -hmm. me. And we, we see where that how that's working so well for Donald Trump. It probably could be doing the same thing for him. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, listen, I give him full credit for that. I think that he is very good at um, 
uh, he's very good at controlling his own narrative. He's very good at kind of create. He's created the dude is a genius in that way, kind of the same way that Bill Gates is. They've created this mythology around themselves that they're these incredibly smart. You know, it's it, so yeah. He is very good at that, and I think that you're right. This is definitely being politicized, and there's uh, very obvious reasons for that. I think um, it's very clear Elon Musk's personal political bent. I think we can see where he stands. So yeah, no question about it. He's not an idiot. Um, he's certainly not the uh, you know intellectual genius that everybody makes him out to be. But like you said, he is very good at understanding um, narratives. He's very good at understanding how to sell um, his own storyline. And I think that for sure, there's no question about that. So uh, definitely, uh, I'm interested to see how this plays out, though, this uh, this this uh, lawsuit. We'll see. We shall see if there's ever any accountability for Mr. Musk. There usually is not. I don't think he's, uh, I don't think he's going to be, there's going to be anything that, at least nothing that I think would bother him. He'll pay a, a fine and move on with his day. And it's really not, uh, you know, it's uh, coffee money for him. So he doesn't care. Um, all right, Adam, thanks for bringing us a story. We will talk to you again tomorrow. As always, hang tight. We're going to be back right here on today's news talk. Jeremy now on TNT radio. Being South African, I'm, I know the situation and it's incredibly dire. Basically, our farmers, mostly white, have been under attack for years and years and years. And when I say attack, I mean that physically, don't I? Yes. Um, since the dawn of democracy in South Africa, since 1994, we had an average of uh, one farm attack every second day. Um, so it averages around uh, 175 to 190 farm attacks every year. And we had a farm murder on average every fifth day. Um, but over the last few months, both those numbers have picked up. Murders in other sectors of society are not accompanied by the same levels of brutality and torture as you will find in farm murders. Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk TNT Radio. When a crisis hits close to home and across the globe, nonprofits are on the front lines ready to serve. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. The demand for charitable services has skyrocketed and nonprofits are rising to meet the needs. Healing, nurturing, rescuing, honoring, protecting, caring, inspiring. The work of philanthropic organizations of all sizes across all missions has never been more important. And it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you. Together, we change the world. The Nonprofit Alliance. Unbiased information. Honest and forthright. News without the misinformation. It doesn't matter what side you're from. What matters is what you say, the truthfulness behind it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, I'm very excited. Our guest tonight is the incomparable Stephanie Zamorano. Steph is a hilarious comedian and producer of The Jimmy Dore Show. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter, at MiserableLib. Uh, and you can also catch her on The Jimmy Dore Show across various platform platforms. They're everywhere. Uh, you can also catch Steph performing live with Jimmy uh, at various different um, uh, locations all across the country and the world. Uh, they have a, a shows, shows coming up in Venice, Palmdale, Omaha, Des Moines, and more. And if you're in Europe, y'all, Jimmy Dore is coming 
coming to you live in April with dates in Stockholm, Amsterdam, Berlin, and more. You can find more information and get tickets at jimmydoor.com. Steph, thanks so much for being here. Oh, it's nice to be here. I got to tell you, um, <laughs> I like that you're talking that your show isn't about misinformation. I like misinformation. It keeps us all on our <laughs> toes, right? Hasn't the last five years been crazy making? And, yes. you know, I just wanted to share, I, I wanted to let everybody know that I was a lifetime Democrat, you know, forever. Mm -hmm. I've been a Democrat. And so whatever I say now comes from the point of view of, a Democrat that feels dead inside because of uh, what the Democratic Party has evolved into. And, you know, it's like I, I, you know, I see a guy named Adam Schiff all over TV all the time. Oh. And I'm like, this guy, somehow this guy, <laughs> the voice of sanity for the Democratic Party, like <laughs> it would almost like if he's in the party, you should want out of the party. That's right? how I feel about it. Yes. Yes. He's horrible. And yes, I'm so glad you brought this up. I wasn't going to talk about this, but it's watching the evolution of not just the Democratic Party, both parties, but specifically the Democratic Party over the past, I don't know, 10 or 15 years or so has been, like you just said, crazy making. Really, it's been before that. It was really Bill Clinton kind of uh, sold the party to the corporations and it's been a downhill slide since then. But it has been insane watching. I feel like I'm going nuts because I'm like, I was never really a Democrat. I've never really been a party person. Um, but I've always been of the left and watching the Democrats become a corporatized, warmongering piece of crap party that is very, uh, uh, very similar to the Republican Party. I feel like I'm losing my mind. What is happening? You know, I'll go I'll go and I'll do comedy, you know, in L.A. every so often. I like I like to go to open mics and yeah. like hear what other people are thinking. And uh, I went to an open mic and this woman turns to me and she goes, oh, are you excited? Are you so excited? I'm like, what about, you know, Trump's indictment? And I'm like, <laughs> I, I go, oh, oh, here, here's going to be a moment of truth for you. But no, I'm not excited that no. President Trump is indicted. It makes me feel that we're a third world country when this kind of stuff is happening. And wasn't this all the big deal that the Democrats kept talking about? That if Trump gets in office, what he's going to do is he's going to prosecute his enemies. <laughs> Yes. Yes. So, Thank you. So, so if you everything, you know, like Jimmy and I talk about uh, Carl Jung and it's like their shadow. So everything the Democrats are accusing President Trump about is exactly what they're doing. And I remember, yep. you know, like I, I, I remember in the 80s when Trump was all over the papers and everything like this. And I remember like looking at, at this guy and just going, Mom, this guy who this guy is so unlikable. Who is this guy? I am no fan of Donald Trump, mm -mm. but I am a big fan of democracy and what they're doing to Donald Trump to kick him off ballots. If yeah. it was the reverse, if it, if it was uh, Donald oh Trump running office and kicking out Joe Biden off the ballots, everybody would be in an uproar. So I just have this, uh, yeah, I, I when I look at the Democratic Party, I just go, this is not the party that speaks to me. And, you know, neither one of them do, does really. You know, they're uh, all bought and sold by the same owner. And, yep. you know, they're just playing games, uh, you know, to keep the chaos going because the chaos is going to favor the oligarchs. And yeah, I don't want to participate in that duopoly. And boy, aren't they making it pretty hard for an independent voice to be heard in this duopoly?
Mm-hmm. Of course they are, because if they have independent voices speaking, then people might uh, recognize that, hey, these two options don't work for us. Maybe we should look elsewhere. And you're right. I think that what's so interesting about um, uh, and I've been talking about this, it's kind of insane watching the Democrats do everything that they were fear mongering about that Trump was going to do. Um, and it's so it's kind of what we're seeing with Israel right now, too. Every accusation is actually a confession. Um, and it's so mind blowing to me how brazen they are being about it. I mean, literally take taking them off of ballots and then couching it, Steph, as if we have to do this to save democracy. What? <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. Right. And democracy is dead. I mean, if yeah. I mean, come on, that if we anybody, anybody thinks that Joe Biden is leading this country, <laughs> that this guy can't even put a, a, a paragraph together, a phrase together without like he just is incompetent and that anybody is celebrating him or wants him to do another term. I, I, I it, it, it just shows you the degree of mental illness in our country. Yes, 100%. And it's you're right. He's not that guy um, cannot put together a coherent thought. He can't find his way off of a stage. He's making zero decisions. None. And no decisions. Kamala, Harris. Kamala Harris can't. She's a covered <laughs> salad, you know, yeah. and it's uh, I you know, it's that that these are the best and the brightest that our country has to offer. No, it's the best and the brightest that the oligarchs have to control. That's why yeah. these people are in any kind of leadership position and that Nancy Pelosi is still in office. I mean, uh, I know there are plenty of people that are older and wiser, um, but if they really make a case for age limits in yeah. Congress. These people have really made it a case for age limits. And I, I, you know, they're making so much money. Of course, they don't want to leave. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the problem, I think, is that it's not necessarily and I'm not talking about Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi is very clearly. I mean, I think she's drunk most of the time. Um, she's very clearly oh, just the best power. fundraiser. Yeah, she's just the best fundraiser. She's not like <laughs> she tries to pretend as if she's this great legislator. No, you just raise the most money. Um, but I think that, you know, there are people, as you said, there are people who are older who I think would make great politicians and who would make great legislators and would make great decisions for us as a country. But I think that um, when you have somebody who is so unbelievably, obviously corrupt, that woman has become a hundred millionaire over the course of her time in service, right? She's supposed to be in public service. You don't become a hundred millionaire if you are a public servant. That's just not how that works, or it's not supposed to be. So it's very clear. The corruption is very clear. So, okay, listen, we have to take a quick break. We're going to get some headlines. Hang tight. We're going to be back here on today's News Talk. Good news, people. Now, TNT Radio News. Here is your headline. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. There have been increasing reports of sudden deaths in northern eastern China amid an ongoing pneumonia outbreak. Local residents are speculating that the outbreak is still related to COVID-19. In November, a U.S. Air Force CV-22B Osprey crashed off Japan's coast, resulting in the tragic deaths of eight airmen. Recently, the Air Force successfully retrieved the aircraft's black box. There's been a renewed call for an investigation into the vanishing of Malaysia Airlines Flight MH370. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 
365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. All right. We're here with Steph Zamorano and we're just having a chat. There's lots to talk about, obviously, at all times. And that's I mean, you just said um, the last five years have been kind of crazy making. Um, Yes, absolutely. And we uh, you know, we just heard that there's a pneumonia outbreak that's still tied to COVID and that narrative continues. But here's the thing, though, I feel like it's so um, it's it's impossible for people to even take things in because we are getting punched from all angles at all times, whether it's COVID and then it was Russia, Ukraine, and now it's Israel, Gaza, and Taiwan's on the back burner. And there's all of these things that people, I don't even think anybody can really even take in and process any one storyline because so much is being thrown at us at once. I think that's probably intentional, but I mean, we're moving into an election year. I feel like it's about to get a whole lot worse. <laughs> what do you think about that stuff? Oh, you know, uh, Taiwan has been on the back burner for at least a year, if not two years, that they keep scaring us with Taiwan and China. And uh, I I forget the name of the, oh, you know, one of the people in power and uh, she's been going around. I think she's a part of the military structure. Gosh, I can't remember her name, but she's been going, she's been on NPR and she talks about, oh, you know, we really need to build our military. And we, you know, we really make sure that whatever happens in Taiwan, that we're ready to go and powerful. And in the meantime, uh, you know, we have senators, you know, coming on, you know, on the floor and they're saying, you know, we've got to let more immigrants in the country. And then, you know, once they're in the country for them to be able to get full citizenship, we'll have to be able to enroll them in our military. So uh, it we need to stop being yeah. in all of this uh just this corruption of money laundering throughout the world. And uh, where is my candidate that's talking about peace? Where is my candidate talking about a solution for Israel and Palestinians? Where is where is that candidate? I am looking for a candidate who is about peace and has solutions and is building on those solutions. So that's what I'm looking for right now. You know, Joe Biden, I already know what he is. He's a warmonger. I already know that, you know, he's I mean, that that anybody thinks that his son didn't compromise him and that he wasn't getting money, you know, from everything that his son Hunter was a part of. So I, how do people not see the level of corruption? I thought when I was growing up, when my uncle returned from Vietnam, that we had learned our lesson about Vietnam. Well, what the, what we learned was you can't do a draft. That's what they learned. You can't do a draft because then you're going to have protests. And then they learned in the uh, Iraq war, well, they'll have protests, but we won't film them. We'll have yeah. the largest protests, and so people will feel isolated. And, you know, it, Afghanistan, you know, Yemen, Somalia, you know, all these countries that are vulnerable because that we want to be some power hungry world country that wants to bring democracy to the world, which seems to me we're really just bringing democracy to the world so we can go and grab your oil. We can go yeah. and grab natural resources. You know, what's next? Africa? You know, what, yes. what are their resources that we're after? So yeah. this chaos is constant. You know, people aren't, do you see the people any longer with your, your their Ukrainian flags on Twitter anymore? Right. Is that, you no. know, uh, 
So it, it seems that we're in this constancy of chaos. And then when you watch somebody uh, report like Whitney Webb, that the the chaos, we're doomed for more. And mm-hmm. what that will mean is that these are just opportunities for them to then start digitizing everything about our lives. Yeah. And uh, it's that the digital ID is the thing and uh, that we we lose cash. Those are the elements that I find very overwhelming. And I don't know how we can control that. Right. And I listen, Whitney Webb, um, first of all, Jimmy did a great interview with her. She's um, she terrifies me. First of all, her ability to recall information and to hold all of that in her head at one time uh, and just be able to pull it up at will is fascinating to me. She is incredibly intelligent, Um, but she uh, all of the stuff that she covers is so terrifying to me. And she's almost always, if not always, bang on. She I mean, she's been covering the Epstein stuff. She's the one who's done uh, a huge deep dive into his uh, 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 time to the CIA and to the Mossad. Um, she, the digital ID stuff, the CBDCs, all of that. She has been on top of that for years. Like this is not a new thing for her. And you're right. That is exactly what they're pushing us towards. And I don't, it's very frustrating to me because I don't see a lot of people um, and I realize it's intentional. They're keeping us all off balance. They're keeping us all very distracted so that we're not paying attention to the man behind the curtain. But it's very frustrating to me that um, it, we're it, it's just it's happening so quickly. And I don't know how we can stop it at this point. It feels as if we are um, just on uh, this uh, collision course. And it, I don't it's and it, that's a terrifying prospect because once we lose, um, you know, our anonymity and once we lose our ability to move freely in the world without being tracked, we're already tracked all the time. But I feel like we're moving. Uh, it's it's a desperate situation and we're losing our First Amendment. We're losing our rights are being stripped away daily and it just continues to get worse. And it, there's just not enough people speaking about it. And it's I, I just I don't know what to do, Steph. Well, you know, and you have somebody, you know, like Julian Assange, who's imprisoned. And it's like, we see this in broad daylight, what's going on and how horrifying is that, that we see this person being tortured in front of the world. And then Joe Biden comes out and likes to pretend that he is defending journalists in our country, (laughs) that he's pro-journalist, which is crazy making. And so when we started to become aware of Julian Assange and his struggle that if they're, if they're willing to do that to one person and do it in broad daylight and that somehow he's supposed to be extradited to the United States and people call him a traitor, not knowing that he's not a citizen of the United States, right. then you can see that all that propaganda is working and yeah. that how are they not terrified? You know, again, when they took Donald Trump off of Twitter, how could you not yes. go, oh, hmm, anybody is now vulnerable if they can do that to the president of the United United States? So the, the loss of democracy seems to be snowballing and yeah. that that digital IDs and digital currency is not going to favor the working class. You know, like, for example... Uh, when we go, to, we've been traveling a lot. And um, when you are in a hotel room, you're supposed to leave a tip for the maid service. And, you know, I know there's some people like, oh, well, that's their job. Okay. Well, pretty hard job. I don't like making my bed. I don't know if anybody else likes changing their sheets and putting pillowcases on. And then you do that for a living and then you clean somebody's toilets. Yeah. Leave a tip. That would be nice. Right. Yeah. And uh, how do you leave those people tips? 
How are you going to leave the service industry tips? Do you think the person that does the landscaping for me, you know, that does gardening and comes and cuts my lawn, do you think that they're going to, you know, I'm going to be able to do Venmo? I don't want to do Venmo. I don't want to do Zelle. I want to be able to write people checks. They look at me crazy when I write them a check. I'm like, no. This is what I prefer. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want people to wire me money. When they wire me money, I lose $10. That's weird. Why am I losing $10 when you're doing the convenience of wiring money? So there's this constancy in all elements that I like cash. I like cash for a reason. Yes. I know what $10 is going to buy me. And okay, now this is crazy, but the, the way that the world is changes, you know, for me also, I remember when I first used a debit card, I'm like, oh, debit card. This is weird. This is scary. You're mm-hmm. pretending to know what my money is. Okay. Now I, I just went to Target. My mom needed to go to Target and everything is locked up. You know, yeah. they have everything behind these locked doors that you have to wait patiently for somebody to come over. And it was, you know, it's like, hey, you know what? You know what I'm going to buy? I'm going to buy the thing that I can grab right off the shelf. That's what yeah. I'm going to buy. And and I wanted to buy some glucosamine. And it's like, okay, well, if I can't find glucosamine here and you don't have it available, then that sends me to go and have to buy it online. And mm-hmm. I don't want to buy it online. So it's, you know, there's this whole uh, consumerism and we're going to be, you know, they're tracking everything we buy. They're tracking everything we do. And it's like, why? Why are they tracking everything I do? Yeah, if they were tracking everything we did, how come they didn't know about what was going to happen uh, during the insurrection that they like right? to call it? Yes. Right. They knew. They absolutely knew stuff. They knew. I was in D.C. I was in D.C. like the day before that happened because the Julian Assange uh, uh, verdict was being read. The the decision from the judge was being read. We had events taking place all weekend long. They knew even the people working at Dunkin Donuts knew what was going on. They knew that 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 event was taking place. So they absolutely knew. And you're right. We not only is it consumerism, but I think we've all become slaves to convenience. Like we love the fact that we can just jump on Amazon and something will show up at our door two days later. We love that. And I think it's so terrifying to me because um, uh, in my opinion, the way that it should be is that um, people should have full privacy and power should have absolute transparency. And we have that so flip-flopped right now. They, as you just said, they know everything about us. They know what size shoe you wear, where your kids go to school, your favorite gas station, um, everything. They know everything that you do, everything that you say. They're tracking all your emails and your phone calls and your text messages. And that's crazy to me. Meanwhile, the people in positions of power are able to do whatever they want, whenever they want, with no accountability. And frankly, with your dollars. Like the, your tax money gets to uh, fund all of these nefarious things that they're doing. And it is um, it's it's and it, again, just continues to get worse. So, OK, we have to take another quick break. Hang tight. We're going to be back here on TNT. As a combat wounded veteran, I know how hard it is to come home and build a meaningful life. When I was in Iraq, our vehicle was hit. A rocket propelled grenade exploded right under my seat. Traumatic brain injury, a fractured pelvis, severe burns. They didn't think I was gonna make it. I had to learn to walk again and live with the scars, both visible and invisible. DAV helps veterans like LaToya get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. With DAV on my side, I was able to pursue my dreams. If my story can touch a heart, it can change a life. My victory is overcoming my wounds so I can help other veterans. LaToya Lucas, may your victories inspire many more. 
Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. I want to eat, eat, eat apples and bananas. I need to eat, eat, eat apples and bananas. Why can't I eat, eat, eat apples and bananas? Support the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks to help provide meals to those in need. Join us at feedingamerica.org. Cutting through the clutter, this is the Misty Winston Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, we're here with Steph Zamorano, and we're just having a chat. And uh, okay, so I wanted to talk to you about the COVID stuff. Um, Jimmy's done a great job. You guys over there have done a great job of covering this um, in a very real way. Um, and you've taken a lot of heat for doing it. And I think that a lot of people are under the impression that that stuff is over um, and it's, uh, you know, we're moving on. But as we just heard, there's this whole pneumonia outbreak going on. I think that the COVID narrative um, is very much still. And listen, I think that 2020, the COVID stuff that took place, I think that was a test run. I think that they were um, trying to see how much they could get away with, how far they could push. And they certainly learned a lot. And they are going to try something like that again. Um, And I feel like we are, um, I I have a little bit of hope because I think that there were a lot of people who stood up to it. But I I just don't know. I'm I'm terrified by the prospect of this medical tyranny stuff. Uh, The idea that they can potentially mandate that we have something injected into our bodies against our will is a horrifying prospect to me um and i feel like it's kind of been lost that the the storyline has been lost with everything else that's going on in the world what do you think that that's going to have much impact on the 2024 election do you think that's going to be on the forefront of people's minds the whole medical freedom thing you know i i you know like i said earlier that i was a a lifelong democrat i'm no longer a lifelong democrat and one of the elements about being a democrat was my body my choice whoa Whoa, (laughs) except when it came to getting a COVID vaccine. Suddenly, my body, my choice was my body, your choice, my body. You need to feel safer if I do something to my body. And the whole narrative was turned upside down. All of a sudden, people really believed that. If I did something to my body and you wanted me to, you were the better person, not me. Not me that I didn't want to do something to my body. And full disclosure, I had two vaccinations. I had an underlying, you know, medical condition and my doctor recommended it. And um, I did not get a booster because I think by that time I was like suspect of it. I won't be getting a flu shot. And when you see, you know, Biden come out and talk about, you know, getting a shot. And yes, I definitely thought, think. I think it should be a topic of discussion for yeah. this next election. But will they? Because I think the last election, they didn't even talk about war. They didn't even talk about, you know, any kind of engagement of war or any kind of military. I think that wasn't even discussed at any of the debates. I can't recall that they were, especially, you know, between Biden and Bernie. I don't think those had discussions. So, yeah. um, you know, it's interesting, you know, talking about COVID and um, the late night talk show hosts were uh, perpetuated all of this hateful, divisive, you know, using comedy supposedly, you know, uh, uh, to to make sure everybody knew that uh, if you didn't get the shot, you're a bad person. Jimmy Kimmel, you know, came and said that, hey, you know what, if you don't, if you're not vaccinated, you shouldn't be able to get into a hospital bed. Those, you should be, you should be left to the side and die. And it's like, 
where is your humanity? This is the yeah. same guy that came out and was uh, tearful, paying while his child was ill. You know, I don't watch the show enough to be informed, but the lack of compassion and the lack of humanity being demonstrated is very scary. You know, right before, you know, we were on the air, you had two, you had two ads. One was talking about a, a veteran who had been hurt in the military and that there was another, you know, somebody that was helping her. And then Scarlett Johansson was talking about Feed America. Why do we need programs to help? Why isn't our government helping a veteran? You know, I live in California and I've never seen the amount of homelessness. And uh, people would say that this is actually, um, it's organized this way. It's intended Mm -hmm. Care, scare all of us. Like, oh, if you screw up, this might happen to you. Where are the programs that are helping the mentally, you know, the mentally disabled, the people that really need it? You know, where are the healthcare programs? You know, um, where are the programs to help kids? You know, we saw how destructive COVID was when it shut down the schools, shut down the churches, shut down the beaches, shut down the parks. And then little kids were supposed to go and do the schoolwork without internet. Little kids were supposed to be learning online. It was destructive. And the long-term yes. consequences to these kids that went that went through that, you know, my friends who are still teachers, they still see the long-term consequences that these kids are behind because they lost important, you know, two years or more of learning. So I certainly hope you know, that this is a conversation. Uh, you know what I want is a conversation? One of the, m- the most important elements to me is I want elder care. I think yeah. elder care is one of the most important issues that's facing our nation. I cannot tell you how many of my friends have had to change their lives, uproot their lives from California, move elsewhere to take care of their families. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very difficult. And there's not enough programs that are helping our elders. And if, I mean, look at how old all these people in Congress are. And they have <laughs> the best health care. But yeah. our don't have the best health care. And that's what I would like for our elders in our community, in our country. I want peace. I want elder care. I want health care. I want universal health care that helps kids, that helps their parents. You know, so... I certainly hope that these are conversations that we'll see in the near future regarding this next election. You know, in the meantime, yeah. uh, they want to keep out our last president. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. They're so they're so busy uh, continuing to fear monger about how uh, an existential evil Donald Trump is, which, listen, he's not special, y'all. I mean, I'm no fan of Donald Trump, but he's no special evil. The guy is uh, run of the mill um you know narcissistic arrogant uh elite you know what i mean he is just one of those guys and he said that himself on the debate stage he's like listen i bought you and i bought you and i paid you off and you did me a favor he's very and that's the one good thing if there is a good thing about donald trump the one good thing about him is that he very often just says things that he's not supposed to say and i think that's why they don't like him um he's a little bit more difficult to control he has no gift for subtlety my guy does not know when to shut up like he just does not which is great i like it uh you know we're gonna go steal their oil thank you for being honest about it um but yeah i think that 
obviously I think Steph, the politicians are not going to have the conversations that you and I want them to have. They're not going to talk about peace. They're not going to talk about healthcare. They're not going to talk about um, actually doing anything for the citizens of this country. But I, I'm hoping that I, at least, and this may just me be me um, being, um, you know, just delusional and uh, just like trying to grasp onto any little um, sliver of optimism. But I feel like there's been um, uh, quite a bit of an awakening. And I think it's been uh, kind of a series of events. I think that COVID obviously smacked a lot of people in the face and a lot of people woke up to, I think you and you and Jemmy both uh, were kind of smacked in the face by that and um, uh, had to start examining some things uh, about the pharmaceutical industry and the healthcare industry and all of that stuff. But then I think there's been some other things that have taken place, both with foreign policy, uh, the way that we treated the people of Lahaina and Maui. Hey, here's 700 bucks per household while we send billions of dollars to Ukraine for Nazis to you know fight in a proxy war. I think a lot of people are starting to recognize more of the game that's being played. And I feel like they're having a much more difficult time controlling the narrative. And I think that that's why we're seeing the incredible levels of censorship, because they are just desperately trying to maintain uh, control on the narrative so that they, uh, you know what I mean? I, 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 oh, that's, what I, that's what I see. Such control in the narrative. Why is it taking two years to release a list of Epstein? Right. Why is that taking so long? You know, oh. and still, is there a list that's been released? No. Is, 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 is it out? It didn't, it didn't, isn't it now postponed to like maybe January 22nd? Why yeah. is, how are they allowed to do this? You know, so um, it seems to me that a bunch of people who are in power that will be compromised, that are very ner nervous about this, because what will be the consequences of this list once it's revealed? Who will lose their jobs? Who will lose their position of power and authority and influence? And, you know, when I see Aaron Rodgers go on, you know, on shows, <laughs> Kimmel's really, you know, boy, very nervous. But what's really interesting is I see this hateful vitriol against Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So, so like they're upset that Aaron Rodgers didn't get his vaccine shot. They're upset that he has, you know, I see people that go, boy, I really hope Jimmy Kimmel really sues him. And so now there's a question about um, freedom of speech again. Can Aaron Rodgers make these suggestions online on ESPN on a show? And can Jimmy Kimmel turn around and sue him about yeah. this? I've seen Jimmy Kimmel on, on lists before that people have released. I didn't see him get so upset about this. And so, indeed, if Jimmy Kimmel's name is not on the list, why is Jimmy Kimmel so upset? Right. That's a great question. Yeah. And I think that, listen, the Epstein list thing, I feel, to me, it feels like a distraction because everybody so far, uh, we already know, here's what's so frustrating about the Epstein situation. We already know many of the people who are involved. We already know a lot of the names of people. Do we know everybody? Of course not. Will we, will we ever know everybody? Probably not. But what's so frustrating about the Epstein situation is, is that people are focused more on whose name is on the list rather than the fact that our government was running a global sex trafficking ring, a child sex trafficking ring, in order to entrap people so that they can manipulate them. Um, and that's just reality. That's, I mean, we know that Epstein has ties to intelligence. We know that Epstein has ties to the Mossad. This is the US and Israel running a global sex trafficking ring 
to manipulate people and control people. And nobody's having that conversation. Everybody wants to talk about, you know, who's on the list. Is Bill Clinton on the list? Of course he is. We know he's on the list. The point is, what? why was he on the list? And how was that information used to manipulate his, um, uh, his term in uh, the White House? How, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's so frustrating to me that we have an abundance of evidence for uh, global child abuse at high levels of positions of power, the, uh, I mean, the global elite, um, and not a single one of them other than Epstein and Maxwell have ever even seen the inside of a courtroom. We know their name, Steph. Why has there not been thorough investigations and uh, and prosecutions? Where's that? I want that. I don't care about a, if there's a list is great, but a list is nothing without accountability. Well, not to mention that aren't there uh, over 18,000 children missing from the immigration centers on the border? I don't know if yeah. that number is correct, but where is that investigation and where are those children? And why is our border so wide open when I still have to take my shoes off at the airport? I don't understand <laughs> lack of security. If we're worried about security, why aren't we worried about that border and making sure that people are properly processed to become natural citizens. You know, I'm I'm all for, you know, having this country stay, you know, this mixed, you know, melting pot of different, you know, diverse cultures and everything like that. But why on one hand are you telling me that I have to go through certain security procedures every time I fly in the United States, but this border is wide open? Yeah. It's a little suspect, right? It's a little suspect. Um, and also the idea that we, I mean, and we're seeing the fallout from that. Um, New York is completely overwhelmed. Chicago is completely overwhelmed. There are cities all across the country um, that have become these quote unquote sanctuary cities that they've been flooded with uh, migrants. And again, like you, I don't have anything against the people coming here, um, but there, do, there, there needs to be a system in place. There needs to be a way that we can vet these people. There needs to be a way that we can do this safely. And frankly, if you want to talk about the immigration issue, we need to talk about the root cause of this and we need to stop destroying their countries. If you don't want people fleeing their country to come here, then stop destroying their countries. We need to start talking about foreign policy and how that impacts the immigration issue. But nobody ever has that conversation. Everybody just wants to talk about, you know, you have the right saying that, you know, immigration is the root cause of all of our problems. And those darn Mexicans are going to steal all of our jobs and those darn Muslims. And it's, it, you, know, you have the Democrats saying everybody's welcome, bring everybody here. That's just not a, a, a sustainable at all. And we're seeing that we're seeing the way that these cities are being completely overwhelmed. Um, and of there's just not here. Because, because they're easy to exploit. Yeah. That's why yes. we're opening the borders. You can have all these people here to exploit, and then we're able to, you know, to diminish the wage. So yes. if they'll take this job, then you won't have a job. It's not they're taking the jobs. It's because the corporations want them to take the jobs. The the farming industry, you know, I, I mean, have you ever tried to work on a farm? I haven't. But my no. grandfather did when he was 10 years old. He worked in the fields. And so, like, I have a different life than my grandfather did. And so, you know, like, uh, I hope for a better America, but it's really going to take the leadership. And the leadership seems to be stolen from us. They don't yeah. want us to really have a vote. And you know what? If President Trump is reelected, then that's what the citizens want. Yeah. The Democrats didn't make the case or the independent didn't make the case or the Green parties didn't make the case or the libertarian or the socialist didn't make the case. You know, how many of these independent parties are on the wrong side of COVID? How many right. of them were all pro getting the vaccination? You know, because yep. people go, oh, you should have this person on. I don't want to have that person on because they're pro-vax. Yeah. 
Yeah, I get it. Like it's 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 so hard. Uh, and people will call you a purist too because oh well they might be bad on this issue but they're good on that that's issue. That's an important issue. <laughs> yeah, it's an important. And that's it's the same way because I get that a lot because people uh, try to that people always throw the Assange issue in my face. Well, Kennedy supports Assange. You should support him. Yeah, he's also Zion. He's a Zionist. He's a massive Zionist. He's full. He he has offered un when I'm president, Israel will have my unconditional support. That is unacceptable. He supports genocide. That's a big deal. That's not something I can just overlook. You know what I mean? And it's uh, but yeah, people will do that all the time and try to call you a purist. And there's just there is no democracy. There is no it, we're in a world of hurt, Steph, is basically what it amounts to. And it's just, uh, it's a little bit terrifying as we move into 2024. I'm a little bit scared for our uh, humanity. All right. Uh, okay. We're out of time, unfortunately, Steph. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Everybody, please go check out Steph. You can follow her on Twitter at Miserable Lib. And also you can find her on the Jimmy Dore show. Go to Jimmy Dore com. Uh, I'm sorry, Jimmy Dore.com. used to be Jimmy Dore comedy.com. Jimmy Dore.com. You can find tickets to all the uh, shows that they have coming up. Europe, get ready. April, they're coming for you. Um, and yeah. Thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate you as always. I'll be back tomorrow with Keaton Weiss. As Julian Assange says, learn, challenge, act now, and don't go anywhere. Timothy Shea is right after this on TNT.